You're listening to Colm Radio on 106.6 FM and this is Red Button. And beasts roam through the streets and coffee shops. Their prey gather in herds with stiff knee length skirts and white ankle socks. But while they search for a mate, my type hibernate in bedrooms above, composing their songs of love. Some conversation, please. Thank you. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. So, hello. This is Red Button. We're back as well. Rather like uh, Box 39 was just now, we are back. And welcome to the show. Later evening conversation here on Colm Radio 106.6 FM. I am on my own this week. I'm social distancing in the studio. Ian and Mike and Adrian are fit and well and healthy, but they are complying fully with the new public health regulations. But you'll be delighted to know I'm not on my own because coming down the mighty Wi-Fi tubes that lie under the world somewhere or come from the moon, I'm not really sure, we have a guest and it's Pamela Ennis who's coming to us live from a a city called Tacoma in the state of Washington. That's north west top right hand bit of america think of seattle and vancouver and you're almost there and uh, pam is our north american community correspondent so welcome pam thank you bill it's delightful to be here and I'm, so. well it's working isn't it the uh, the elastic bands of the internet are working and we're getting you come across live and absolutely clear uh, and gorgeously so lovely now come on pam i've i've given it away that you've got dna going back to the doomsday book um you, i know norwich is somewhere that your family are from so let's tell us a little bit about about yourself what are you doing in america and why on earth are you on Colm radio <laughs> so um yeah so uh why am i here uh so i was born in los angeles um i did uh i did a show a while back um uh you might have heard um america uh, america's broken dream we're kind of keeping this a little bit light today so um I live in Tacoma, Washington. I am a social worker for an agency and um, also a writer and was doing a bit of writing and got discovered by one of the producers of the show. Um, They got me to do some jingles and uh, I think that they gave me a lot of compliments and so so I was taken, Um, I was sold. 
but you uh, you have radio you do have a sort of dna uh, attraction to hearing northeast essex don't you so yeah so yes tell us so about my that family um loves family history yeah and they have traced our our ancestry all the way back to 1048 in 1048 that's that's uh, almost 11 o'clock closing time Oh no, not 10:48 p.m. <laughs> you mean the, the year 10:48? That's a long way back. That That's is a, a long way. That is a long yeah. way. And so, so have, go on, tell us about what uh, was going on in 10:48 with your family then. So traced back, uh, we have a lot of uh, English surnames: um, Spencer, Knight, Porter, Sanford, Corbin. But we went all the way back to. Um, East Anglia to the Lestrange family, which some of you may be familiar with Lestrange in the Harry Potter series, but yeah. it's not the same Lestranges. And where was this based in East Anglia? Do you know where in East Anglia? Are any references um, at all? So, Guy Lestrange was born in 1048 in Norfolk. And uh, I said that right, didn't I? Yeah, Norfolk. Norfolk. I have a hard time saying that word. Nor- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Norfolk. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's a slight, f- f- yeah, Norfolk. Um, it's a wonderful place, Norfolk. Have you ever been to Norfolk? I have never. I set foot on Great Britain last March for the very first time. Um, otherwise, I have not actually been. So this is on my bucket list yeah. of things to do. Yeah. So um, what do you imagine Norfolk to be like? Or, or East Anglia, in fact? Well, I I have been told that East Anglia is the Wyoming of Great Britain. <laughs> yeah, flat. <laughs> yeah, it is big skies, lovely big skies, and that's very different from where you are at the moment, isn't it? You you're not you're not flat at all. You're you're Tacoma. You've got uh, a huge hill, more than a hill, a mountain, which I've it's seen in front. It's a volcano. It's a volcano. <laughs> okay, we that's... call it the mountain. It's Mount Mount Rainier. Um, others call it uh, Mount Tacoma or Mount Tacoma, which is I live in the city of Tacoma, and Mount Rainier oversees so much of the landscape of Washington. It's so large. I think it's like fourteen thousand feet. Is it like a sort of uh, comedy cartoon uh, volcano? You know, does it have like a sort of uh, upside down Christmas hat, uh, Christmas party hat sort of? Uh, I'm making gestures with my hands, you know, up and down like a king's crown sort of thing at the top. Like with lava flowing out. Yeah, of it? yeah, yeah. Is it like that? No, not lava. Um, there are, but there's steam and there's these great lentic. I'll say this word wrong. Lenticular clouds that right. look like spaceships that yeah. cover it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's no uh, danger that it's going to, you know, go off like a big rocket. Actually, there is. Oh, okay. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. We get through to the end of the show. Uh. <laughs> we have, we do. Do shout, <laughs> you know. If I see you running, <laughs> very seriously, we have um, uh, Lahore Lahar escape route. So Lahar is like the ash and the debris that yeah. would spew out and cover entire cities. Wow. Well, so, f- <laughs> so I'd just like to say to listeners, uh, whilst you can hear Pam's voice, uh, I have an advantage, and I can see Pam, and Pam can see me. That's one of the advantages of Zoom. I've got my laptop on the uh, the table of the studio, so I can see Pam. And, and looking behind you, Pam, I can see you look like you're in some sort of a very nicely painted uh, modern. Uh, modern is it an apartment is it an office where are you I'm actually um, I'm actually in my office so um, my office is about five minute uh, five minute drive and maybe a ten minute walk from my flat um, I had to rush over here because uh, I had arranged to have, to have everything quiet and um, with my apartment uh, my flat complex and um, it happened to be the day that they were cleaning carpets on, in the flat above me. So uh, tried to arrange that and uh, and have the idea, I'll just rush to my office. So I'm at my office. 
Now, you, something else I know about you is just so. Now, listeners are getting this wonderful picture. There's this, there's this great big volcano just about to explode in the background. Um, you're in your office, which is nicely painted, I have to say, uh, and you're about five minutes from home. Are you near water? Are you near? Like, oh, are you near yes, water? Are you near a are. river Tacoma or is, sea? Or Tacoma is a port city. Right. Um, it's about a half a kilometer from. I'm. A, I live about half a kilometer from um, the waterfront right, um, nice. on the Sound. So we're not right on the ocean, but there's inlets that come in, and um, so I can do a lot of. We have really nice walking trails and biking, bicycling trails. And so it's really very much like Wivenhoe, isn't it? Wivenhoe, where I'm sitting, there's a river outside, beautiful walking trails. Uh, it's all gorgeous. And uh, I'm in a sort of an office of sorts. Uh, okay, so what are people getting that, you know, just getting used to that, uh, the idea that we've actually got a live guest coming from America. We're going to listen to your first piece of music because you've chosen some music for tonight. You've chosen a bit by a wonderful band called Blondie and a song called Dreaming. But I want to know, why have you chosen those, Pam? Well, Blondie, Blondie and I go way back. So uh, back to the back to the days when I was just out of high school, and I really wanted to be like her. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but I chose Dreaming because a lot of what we're doing right now, we had a lot of plans. Uh, then COVID happened, and we had to put a lot of things on hold. But we still can dream. So we're doing a lot of virtual things. Um, Dreaming. to read this you're listening to red button on cold you're listening to red button on cold radio yes indeed red button live and we're coming live from two parts of the world it's a miracle isn't it uh, even captain kirk couldn't manage that we're coming live from five and a half thousand miles away from the studio at the top of uh, uh Colm radio towers from the northwest of the united states a, a state called washington not to be confused by the capital of, of the united states which is all the way over the other side washington state so think vancouver come down a little bit to seattle come down a little bit more to tacoma 
Palmer and our guest there is Pam Ennis and Pam's joined us uh, to talk a little bit about what the community is like where she lives and and really see is it different is community that different or is community really the same the whole world over so where you know you live in a community of North East Essex perhaps listening to this uh, and Wivenhoe you'll be familiar with that is Wivenhoe like Tacoma so Pam, what do people do in Tacoma? I mean, it's a big question, isn't it? Um, generally, what's, let's start with work. What do people do really for, for work in Tacoma? Are they, are they particularly industries based there? Yeah, so I, said, I mentioned before we're a, um, a port city. Um, we we uh, pride ourselves in being the, the workers of Washington. Um, we have a, a lot of blue co- what we call blue collar workers um, here. Um, we're the ones that actually get it done. Um, Tacoma's nickname is Grit City because we just get into the dirt and do it. <laughs> Grit. Grit City. Yeah. That's quite a good nickname, though, isn't it? I quite like yeah. that. Yeah. We're kind of the um, club-footed stepchild or step <laughs> stepsister of Seattle. So yeah. um, you have all of the... You have all of the uh, uh, computer programmers and the right. hipsters up in up in Seattle and we are more hands on surely you've got a few hipsters a few hipsters wandering along down by the river there by the uh, by the sound a few hipsters with their uh, with their short cropped hairs um, and big beards we have hipsters in Wivenhoe as well <laughs> well <laughs> yeah I mean to, uh, Wivenhoe I guess is not the same in that respect Wivenhoe is uh, is more of a place where a, a sort of suburb a commuter village where people will get the train or the bus to work somewhere else in Colchester okay so there's a difference there so people are thinking grit town tacoma a bit of blue collar town there rival to uh seattle what about leisure what about recreation what do people or can they do or what do they like to do so uh we talked about the volcano the mount mount rainier mount tacoma um the the catch word or catchphrase here is when it's a nice day the mountain is out when it's it, it's very rainy here. We have similar weather to uh, Great Britain. Um, when it is lovely, it's absolutely lovely. And so we try to get outside. We bicycle, we kayak, we're on the waterfront. Nice. Uh, lots of runners. Very nice. So uh, a healthy a healthy lifestyle in Tacoma. You work hard and play hard. And so the countryside, you're saying, I, I, I've always imagined that there's a lot more space in, uh, just more, more, more room in America compared to, to, to Britain. Uh, and you've, uh, so how distant would you be from the next town then? Um, we kind of, our towns kind of mold together right. um, more than, more than a commuter, um, and we don't, here's a difference. We don't use public transportation right. in the same way that people in Europe use yeah. public transportation. Yeah. Everyone drives their car. Oh, well, uh, yes. In, I mean, most people in this country probably commute to work by train or by bus uh, or car share. That might be a little bit different now, to be honest, uh, in in, the, in uh, 2020. But uh Increasing. I mean, I'm going to London tomorrow, and I will just get the train. I wouldn't think twice about getting the train. Uh, I would never think of driving to London. Um, so, I used to live in Salt Lake City, and we had we had a train, but that was because the Olympics were there. Yeah. Um, gosh, when were they there? Maybe 2006. The Winter Olympics. They they had a train, but we don't do we don't do trains here um, in the same way. I have to say, we don't do the Winter Olympics in this country just because purely we don't win anything, and we don't have <laughs> snow, so <laughs> we just don't know how to do all those things. It's a bit like when Jamaica entered the, entered the bobsleigh. Do you remember for that cool runnings film? You know, most most uh, activities in the Winter Olympics, if Britain enter them, it is a bit like cool runnings. Everyone's just amazed. Anyway, so uh, t- okay, so we're getting a really good idea. What what about community in Tahoma you know is it a peaceful place is it a dangerous place is it a happy place you know I think it I I feel like it it's it's really um it's a lot more peaceful than people would think um I know that there's been lots of um a lot on the news about the Black Lives Matter and protests and Seattle had a lot of 
um, uh, protests that uh, may have turned violent. We never had that in Tacoma. And it's very interesting because um, we have a lot of people who were affected by that situation. Um, but the, the demonstrations that came out were extremely, um, they were extremely peaceful and they were supported by um, the leaders of the, of the city, which was really very helpful. So there's a great sense of community here. Um, I just, um, I love it. I love the people. Um, the, when I first moved to Tacoma, I thought that it would be great to live here and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a flat. I couldn't find a place to live and finally went down to the waterfront and sat, and sat there for a long time and I thought, I'm just going to pitch a tent. I'll be fine. I'm just going to pitch a tent. <laughs> so. Well, one of the things we asked you to do uh, when you joined us is to pick the music and it's time for your your next musical choice so perhaps you'd like to introduce who it is with the name of the track and why why you've chosen it pam so i chose one of my favorite you know everybody has a dylan favorite a bob dylan favorite um mine through the years has been this one called love minus zero and then it's over no limit so it's actually if you look at it written it's actually a mathematical equation love minus zero divided by no limit or infinity and what does that what does that mean and if you actually do that equation um it can work out to the number one so how do many turn into one love minus zero over no limit. My love, she speaks like silence Without ideals of violence She doesn't have to say she's faithful Yet she's true like ice, like fire People carry roses And make promises by the hours my love, she laughs like the flowers Valentine's can't buy her In the dime stores and bus stations People talk of situations Read books, repeat quotations Draw conclusions on the wall Some speak of the future my love, she speaks softly She knows there's no success like failure And that failure's no success at all The cloak and dagger dangles Madams light the candles In ceremonies of the horsemen Even the pawn must hold a grudge She's made of matchsticks Crumble into one another My love winks, she does not bother She knows too much to argue or to judge Midnight trembles The country doctor rambles Bankers' nieces seek perfection Expecting all the gifts that wise men bring The wind howls like a hammer The night goes rainy My love, she's like some raven at my window with a broken wing These are my onions One Thing or Another by John Dewey Mother Russia by Gary Ballard Father and Son by David Price a Colourful Personality by Phil Bosch Original short stories written by our listeners here in our community Plant Eaters by Tony Pears. Angels 
by Yvonne P. Nick with Rowan by Steve The Merry Men by Ian Sayers. And there's a whole big bag of my onions, blended with gorgeous music every Tuesday evening at 8 and Sunday evening at 10, here on 106.6 FM Colne Radio. The Promenade Hotel by Adrian Gale. The Kraken Awakes by the Paul Hooper. Bait by Pamela Ennis. Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Innovative voices, original stories and tasty music. So I'm just going to say goodbye to Olivia Newton-John and uh, John Travolta there. But you might say to yourself, what, what is that man Bill doing? Playing a little bit from Greece. And it's because I'm going to talk to Pam now a little bit about uh, what we were both doing way back when in the 1970s when, uh, when Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta were, were singing that song because I was an advocate of anything but Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta, to be honest. Pam, were you... Were were you a big fan of Greece? Was that your sort of music at the time? It was. It was extremely popular in my high school. Um, so, yeah, we grew up in the same the same era. Um, it was. I grew and I went to high school in a very rural town. Um, interestingly, the town is was in southeast Idaho. Uh, named the t- name of the town was Preston, and it. It is actually the town where Napoleon Dynamite, the film, was filmed. And um, just a little thing about Napoleon Dynamite, my, my children said to me, Mom, you have to see this, you have to see this film. It's called Napoleon Dynamite. It's fantastic. I sat there and I watched it and I said, that's my locker. <laughs> and this is not a comedy, it's a documentary. So it was, <laughs> was really fun. But a very straight-laced town, um, right. very, uh, very rural and conservative, and I was anything but. They used to call me Radical Pam. Right. So so what were you doing? Were you, uh, I mean, the, what, what are the radical things? There would have been things like punk music. Uh, were, you, were you listening to that? I was secretly listening to punk, uh, punk rock in high school um i used to i used to go into my bedroom and of course the local stations did not have anything but 
country music or church music. Um, and so I discovered this thing called Skip and could access, especially at night, I could access uh, different stations from all over the place um, and discovered um, punk rock. So it was edgy. It was thing that my parents would have hated. Right. It was perfect for me. Was that a uh, more American punk rock that you would be listening to? Is that Patti Smith, maybe? Uh, Patti Smith, uh, the Sex Pistols. Oh, some um, some British music American, then. That was British, right? Yeah. But the Ramones. Yeah. Um, who else was I listening to back then? Ramones were my favorite. Right. Um, and that was just kind of on my own. I, I ended up getting directed to some other... Uh, punk rock groups later on were they were they people at your school though that were actively open or in your town your napoleon dynamite town who were who were wearing the uh, the bondage trousers who had the mohican uh who had the, the safety pins through their nose and that sort of thing that was that was going me. on that was actually, you. <laughs> i didn't have it through my nose but <laughs> but i did i actually did take these big safety pins sterilized yeah. them and put them through the holes in, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, in my ears and then dangled safety pins yeah. around and across um, it was a, it was a little disconcerting to my father who was a school teacher at the high school that I went to right. um, teachers <laughs> would say do you know what she's doing <laughs> yeah. but there, there were people wandering around what, what was the Mohican big in uh, in Idaho oh the Mohawks yeah no we never had that in my high school did people have dyed hair I remember there was a lot of that in the little town I lived in unfortunately it was all very that was all very straight and right. really, uh, really did what I was expected to do until I got out of uh, out of school Okay, so uh, punk rock was a sort of simmering, it was simmering under, but good to hear that you were listening, uh, you'd found a sort of way of listening to it. Um, I'm, I'm very similar to you, I think. I was at a, a very, uh, what you would call a sort of straight-laced school, and, and my rebellion had to be things that couldn't be actively seen, so my hair wasn't really rebellious, my clothes for, for school weren't. Uh, I did get one of my ears pierced um, by someone in a pub the barmaid of a pub called sharon pierced my ear with a a safety pin which had been dipped in whiskey uh, and heated with a lighter and she got halfway through when it starts crunching and she couldn't do the rest and someone else in the pub had to come step forward and and push it all the way through but that was about as rebellious as i got uh, really but there's a lot of energy at the time wasn't there was there was there that energy amongst the youth um that we were feeling here in britain at the time the sort of punk energy I really got that energy once I left high school. Right. Um, I, um, I, again, I went to a church school. I went to um, Brigham Young University um, after I graduated high school, which is a Mormon school yeah. in Provo, Utah. Um, right. But I was able to have my own thoughts, and I was able to kind of carve out my identity and um, was really excited to be going to uh out of my parents home out of my my childhood home and i uh, i walked into my assigned dorm room um and there in front of me were these painted right on the window on the third floor of this dorm uh high tower dorm were uh those perfect rocky horror picture show lips the the <laughs> lips where you can see tim curry's biting the sweet transvestites biting his biting his lip and i had a roommate um valerie who was a theater student at the time um valerie was very much into the punk rock um scene and she decided to form a group the dead girls so we wow. were dead girls. Wow. So there's certainly some energy there. So these have, I mean, these are obviously key moments. Uh, and we do all have these key moments, don't they? So really interesting to hear about uh, what was going on for you there. And, and your music choice you is sort of associated you're good you've chosen a piece of music by elvis costello and at the time of punk immediately after punk there were a lot of artists in this country who sort of broke forward we broke the the mold of uh, john travolta and living newton john and they were labeled punks but this man wasn't really a punk was he elvis costello but you've chosen a song called she why have you chosen that 
Well, Elvis Costello for me is like the quintessential artist, musical artist. He can cross so many genres and he was he was a part of that punk rock scene. Um, the thing I remember or the thing that I love about She is um, I, I have seen the film. I know I have seen the film Notting Hill, um, but I don't remember anything about that film, including what Hugh Grant was doing. But I remember that song. And, and, and it's sung by this guy who has these thick glasses, like horn rim glasses, kind of a little nerdy um, and he's singing this in an amazing voice this fantastic song that speaks to women if a man wants to know a woman listen to that song she may be the face I can't forget the trace of pleasure or regret Maybe my treasure or the price I have to pay. She may be the song the summer sings. Maybe the chill the autumn brings. Maybe a hundred different things within the measure of a day. She may be the beauty of the beast. Maybe the famine or the feast May turn each day into a heaven or a hell She may be the mirror of my dreams A smile reflected in a stream She may not be what she may see Inside her shell Listening to Red Button on Colon Radio. Red Button, unrestrained and unleashed.
So that second song that you heard there was uh, a song that is by um, Mary Black and it's called No Frontiers. A wonderful piece of music. Now, Pam, why did you choose Mary Black, No Frontiers? I love Mary Black. Mary Black is a, uh, an Irish singer that I heard in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, I think I heard that song on NPR and it's it kind of sounds like a love song like for a lover a romantic but it makes me think about just anybody you know you see heaven in a person's eyes so we 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 have that human connection and i think that that's what she's talking about is the human connection that where there's really no frontiers i mean bill we're talking all the way from tacoma to wivenhoe yeah there's between people there's no frontiers it's fantastic absolutely right actually you did mention earlier you said you had briefly stepped on british soil uh and in march now what were you doing what what were you doing on british soil in march if you just briefly stepped on it what was going on so i had a layover both ways to uh i was headed to germany it took me uh i had a a year a year long you planned uh I, I'm stumbling on my words. This is lovely. Um, right here on radio. Um, <laughs> so back up. Um, I had planned a trip to Germany, yep. a little town in Germany, of, uh, in East Germany, called Weimar. Um, it was the home of the uh, the poet philosopher Goethe. Um, but I really and I was interested in him, but really came to. Um, came to study him through uh, through a poem that he had written to a confidant um, by the name of Charlotte von Stein. Um, and I was really fascinated by her. Um, I found uh, that, and I was doing research, so that, that was why I was there. I, I uh, had a layover at Heathrow um, both ways, um, and then on to Frankfurt, and then I took the train to Weimar. Um, I had discovered um, that, so this, he wrote this poem to this woman, Charlotte von Stein, and I, it was so beautiful, I had to find out who she was. And I found out that, um, that Goethe had 
taken this woman into his confidence um, and she and he had had a 12 year correspondence um, and in that 12 years had written 1700 letters there are wow. portions of that written in English but not of the large the large body of it so I started translating not knowing German I started translating and really had to discover them in their space so I went for three weeks wonderful what a, what a, an amazingly romantic and uh, inspired journey that was uh, how did you find what did you think of Germany I really loved where I was so this was a new experience for me I had I had been out of the United States um, two other times, once to Greece and once to Costa Rica, but I'd always been with other people. I'd either been with my ex-husband at the time in Greece, or I had been with a group in Costa Rica, but I'd never taken a trip by myself. Um, so it was, for me, it was this adventure of wonderment, um, solo travel, um, I actually stayed um, on the on the cemetery, cemetery grounds. There was a, a little uh, Airbnb on the cemetery grounds where Goethe and Charlotte von Stein are buried. And so it was kind of gothic and exciting and I got to do what I wanted to do and um, really do a lot of research and feel where they were. It was, it was great. Wonderful. I, I would say, travelling on your own, once you start doing it, it's very difficult to stop. It's a lifetime's uh, occupation, I would say. And Greece, wonderful place. Did you know, I don't know if you heard it there, but the Greece National Anthem has 158 verses. Did not know that. Did not know that. And that if, is, yeah. I'm going to keep that for trivia night. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, you just hope. They win that one. That if, if they win a gold medal at the Olympics, you know, they, they have to, and they get the 153rd wrong, they have to start at the beginning again. So it's, oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you've chosen another piece of music for us. Van Morrison, Queen of the Slipstream. Tell us very briefly about that. So, I uh, love the blues. I love Van, Van Morrison. I like this I like this song because it's about going away and it's about coming back. Brilliant. This Van Morrison, Queen of the Slipstream.
Okay, let's have some conversation, please. Thank you. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. So that was the incredibly wonderful, uh, rather brilliant Van Morrison. Well, I'm here, Bill Lawrence. We're in Calm Radio Towers. We are live with Red Button, our later evening conversation show, 106.6 FM Calm Radio, with our wonderful guest, Pam Ennis. Live by Zoom from Tacoma in Washington State, in the northwest of the United States. And she's been telling us about a whole number of things about her community in which she lives and sharing her, her recent journey to Europe with us. And... Uh, there's another thing that I know about uh, you, Pam, is that there's somewhere in London I know that you would love to visit. One on, It's definitely on your bucket list, isn't it? And it's to do with a woman that m- maybe listeners in Women Home may not have heard of, a woman called Noor Inayat Khan. So tell me a little bit about that, Pam. So Noor Inayat Khan is the, was, was the daughter of a great Indian Sufi master who uh, brought the Sufi message. He was Muslim. Um, He brought the Sufi message of uh, love and peace and um, to the West. Um, I connected up with that and have joined two orders. Um, In my my Sufi circles, um, Noor Anayat Khan is revered. Um, she was a British citizen. She was actually born in um, Moscow, Russia, um, to a, a, a an Indian uh, Sufi master, and her mother was an American. Um, but she considered herself a citizen of the world, but she actually um, ended up in Great Britain. Um, she and her... Um, and this was during World War II. She and her brother were pacifists, and they but they wanted to help the war, war effort. So her brother Valiant joined um, the the Royal Navy. Um, he was on a minesweeper. They both had decided that if um, if they were going to be a part of the war effort, that they would probably and they were pacifists. They would probably end up in very dangerous missions. Nor uh, joined the um, the Women's Auxiliary Air Force, and then was um, recruited by the Special Operations Executive, which was the the uh, the secret. I think. Yeah, they'd be called the SAS now, but yes, they were very uh, secretive and high level. Yeah, and so she was a she was a wireless operator, um, very unlikely wireless operator. They didn't think that the people that recruited her didn't think she they were that she was very smart. Um, they didn't really think that she was reliable because she was so honest she couldn't tell a lie. Um, but they sent her behind enemy lines anyway. They sent her. Um, ununiformed, so she was not um, able to draw on the Geneva Convention, and if she had been caught um, as a spy, she would have been shot on on the spot. Um, Most of the wireless operators of the SOE um, lasted six weeks, and Noor lasted um, there much longer than six weeks before she was um, caught by the Gestapo. Um, so she was over in France, um, was doing a lot of work, um, basically telling people where the where the the arms were, the weapons were, saving British lives, um, moving from place to place. Finally, was caught um, by the Gestapo and eventually taken to Dachau, um, where she was beaten and tortured. Um, she did escape twice and was recaught. Um, eventually she was executed um, by um, by the SS um, at Dachau and her final word um, her final word was liberté. She's my hero. Truly remarkable story. And just looking at the time, what's the connection to London? So, so in 2012, the Princess Royale, Princess Anne, 
unveiled a statue of um, of Noor Nayat Khan. Noor was um, was posthumously awarded the George's Cross. Yeah. Um, she was one of three women who actually received that honour in World War II. Whereabouts in London would we find this commemoration? Gordon Square is, so in Bloomsbury. Bloomsbury Square, okay, so that's easy to find. Central line, for those of you going up to London, near New Oxford Street, fantastic. Well, what a wonderful story and what a wonderful uh, connection there. And tonight has been all about connections. We've connected up. We've connected up to Coma with Wivenhoe and uh, all our communities. It's just time for to say thank you so much, Pam, for joining us on the radio. It's been an absolute pleasure to have us. And uh, we've got about 10 seconds for you to tell us about your last choice, which is 10,000 Maniacs. And these are the days. These are the days we get to choose. These can be the days of despair or they can be our lives now so with that thank you so much Bill it's been so wonderful and very delightful to be here Button is a guppy production for Colne Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. <laughs>